Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. A lot of the times, you'll, you'll see players that have the talent, that have the ability to play in college, but unfortunately, they just don't get the media coverage. And without the media coverage, it hinders them in where they could play at the next level. But I feel like giving the these kids the chance to play in the spotlight, giving them some media attention, giving them some video coverage, it definitely helps a lot in the long run. And, you know, both the kids, the families, they're all thankful for it. And, you know, it helps these other colleges that don't see these kids. It helps them have an eye on them as well. What is up and welcome to Believe in High School Basketball. I'm your host, Bryce Ronquillo. So thankful, so grateful to be on air today. Thank you for joining me. Episode 8, coming your way. Believe in High School Basketball is proud to be a part of the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals and the number one network in Los Angeles for sports podcasts. Let's get it. Merry Christmas Eve, everyone. David Vong joins me today. Some of you may know him from his Baller TV days. He also writes for PrepHoops.com as a scout and is the founder of his own media production company called Slam and Jam. He's truly one of the hardest working guys in this industry. And one of the common traits that scouts have, and, and Matty Kovac had this, has this, excuse me, and Jarena has this. They all just want to help kids, and David has that trait too. We had a great conversation. Can't wait for you guys to hear it. So without further ado, here is episode eight with David Vong. All right, David, thank you for coming on. Welcome to Believe in High School Basketball. How you doing, man? Good, man. It's good to be here. Good to see you have your own show. Feel I feel honored to be on this. Yeah, man. I mean, of course, you're definitely one of the people I wanted to bring on. Many people don't know, we, we tried to get a podcast off the ground before, just didn't really, uh, the timing was bad, but hey, it's all good, we're both doing our thing now, we both got um, different projects going on, and uh, we're going to really get into a, a lot of the, the things you're doing, and you, you got a lot of things going on right now, but uh, before we talk about what projects you have going on, and like I said, we got a lot of stuff to talk about, this is going to be a great show, uh, I want my listeners to get to know you a little bit. I know you used to play like like many of us did, and then you you switched over to the media side of things. So, uh, how did you get started working in basketball? Yeah, so my my journey to basketball was actually pretty crazy. Um, I actually actually was coaching at a middle school. I was coaching at a Chavez Middle School in Linwood. I was coaching their basketball team, and then. Uh, just through meeting other people, eventually I was helping train kids at Jordan basketball camps and from training kids actually through and it actually led me to networking again and meeting more people. And all of a sudden I was on the media side. Um, actually, one of my good friends, uh, Leslie Strauss, who a lot of people know, a lot of people know as Limitless, she actually introduced me to uh, Baller TV and I ended up at Baller TV for a while. 
um, did things over there like operations, did marketing. I was doing social media, player outreach, and you know just doing a lot of things for the company. And after that, that's when I left and I did started my own brand called Slam and Jam, where I kind of highlight the underrated prospects, trying to find the kids that don't get as much media attention and giving them a platform, giving them some shine. Um, also right for prep hoops, uh, same thing, focusing on the underrated talent. And right now I'm also helping a new brand called Bring Your Game LA, helping them out, helping them put shine on kids as well. Yeah, that's awesome. And we'll talk a lot about uh, Bring Your Game LA. I think it's something really cool that you guys are doing. But before we get to that, your your Baller TV days, that, that's when I met you. You were working mm -hmm. a lot of the West Coast Elite tournaments, and that's where I was at the time. And you see another young guy working and in, in hustling and in the industry. You start seeing them at more, more, more and more tournaments. And, you know, that's where we kind of built, built a friendship, and it, it's definitely lasted. Definitely happy to, to call you one of my friends. And talk, talk to me about those Baller TV days, though. What did you learn from them? What, what skills did you pick up? And how did that kind of set you up for where you're at right now? Yeah, um, at Baller TV, you know, at the time it was a startup. So, you know, at a startup, you kind of get your hands dirty and kind of help wherever you can. Um, so, you know, from doing things like operations, like heading to events, uh, doing things like setting up all the cameras, um, making sure your contractors are there, training people to use the videos and using the cameras, um, doing little things like that. And also at the same time doing marketing, like reaching out to players, coaches, event directors, you know, networking with everyone, teaching them about the brand and going on social media, promoting the brand on there. And then on social media side, helping cut the clips, do the captions on the videos, manage the social media community, you know, you kind of get kind of a little bit of everything. And, you know, I could say I'm blessed to have had that opportunity just so I could have that experience and you know when you do a little bit of everything you learn a lot and the skills definitely transfer over and i could say that uh being at baller tv actually helped me grow to where i am today right and and you you I, what was it about a year ago you you started slam and jam yeah about a year ago pre pre-pandemic days right right so you started you started slam and jam you chose entrepreneurship you chose to be your own boss what what was yes. the the vision behind that and also too i think is really cool is that you you would you know choose to leave a company and to to be your own boss i think that's something that should be highlighted and celebrated uh especially now appreciate uh so yeah. wh why why do that why why go that route yeah uh because you know uh when you go online and you could jump on instagram twitter and all the all the videos you see are you know of the five-star kids the four-star kids you see like the best dunkers, like some of the, some of these guys are, some of these companies actually, I could say are focused more on the celebrity on the, right. It's turning into almost TMZ at this point, you know, like they're just focusing <laughs> on the theatrics and, you know, a lot of the times you'll, you'll see players that have the talent that have the ability to play in college, but unfortunately they just don't get the media coverage and without the media coverage, it hinders them in where they could play at the next level. So a lot of these times you see these guys that can play D1 that um, do have the potential to play at the higher levels. They end up at JUCOs 
they end up at uh, D3s, NEIAs. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that at all, but I feel like giving the these kids the chance to play in the spotlight, giving them some media attention, giving them some video coverage, it definitely helps a lot in the long run. And, you know, both the kids, the families, they're all thankful for it. And, you know, it helps these other colleges that don't see these kids. It helps them have an eye on them as well. Right. And that 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 goes a long way, like you said, because a coach could go on Twitter and coaches can't be, you know, multiple places at once. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe it's a little different now just because there, there's not a lot of traveling and, and there's no there's no live period. But let's pre-pandemic, you couldn't be multiple places at one. You can only be at one gym. And so if you could go on Twitter and see Slam and Jams posting about a certain kid who is a little under the radar and then, you know, it, that and then that makes that coach, oh, let me go reach out to his coach or let me go to a tournament. Let me go see him play. And so it, it's kind of a way just to get kickstarted that 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 kid and you're you're absolutely right about you know the the other the other media outlets it's it's become more of a uh let's get clicks um and and mm-hmm. nothing against what what they're doing or anything i i got respect for those guys because they they think they're all also pretty much self-starters like yourself and and had mm-hmm. to build something from scratch so no no hate on that side but i think what you're doing is a little more selfless and i think that's pretty cool yeah, man, you know, um, it all comes back to, you know, growing up as an Asian 5'10", 5'11", Hooper, you know, you're not going to get a lot of love. <laughs> so, you know, I I kind of felt that way, too, because uh, when I was at Cal State LA, you know, I was invited to uh, walk on, to walk on and to trial for a walk on spot. And, you know, I didn't have the opportunities to get recruited as, you know, as some of these kids might have. So, you know, it definitely humbled me and, you know, it's just a way of finding finding a way to give back to the game. Did did you make the team at Cal State LA? Oh, I actually didn't. No, oh, at least you got a tryout though. Yeah. That's pretty cool. There's not a lot of guys could even say that. That's D2 mm-hmm. basketball. Super competitive. Yeah. Super duper competitive actually because I I was coaching D2 basketball last year and, you know, we played Cal State LA quite a bit and uh they got some good teams. That's for sure. Shout yeah, out to the Golden man. Eagles. When I was there, when I was there, there's definitely some good talent there. Um, as I remember my, I tore my ACL my freshman year, Oof. but um, as I was graduating, that's when the team started getting better. They had talent like a Franklin Session coming in. Oh, okay. Um, at the time, they also had uh, Leland Jones, who was uh, one of the top players at Bishop Montgomery. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's definitely some good talent on that team. That's pretty cool. So, uh, on this show, I've I've been very critical of how the CIF and how California has just kind of abandoned high school athletics. At least that's what it seems. They're they're continuing to push back the season. They don't really have a plan to have high school sports, and I don't agree with that. I think we should be working towards making a plan towards having a a season. Uh, for for the schools at a safe in a safe environment and that's what you guys have been doing over at bring your game la and i have to applaud you guys because you're providing a safe setting for basketball games in socal so talk to me how how did this come about yeah um actually uh 
I didn't know too much about Bring Your Game LA at first. Uh, one of the one of the guys just shot me a DM on Instagram, and it was like, "Hey, come to my event. We'd love to have you here." And when I looked on his page, I was, I was I saw a lot of kids, the same kids that I would write about or that I would try to help out with media, um, the same kids who are underrated. I saw their stuff being posted on there immediately. I, it just felt natural. Because he was like, come through to the event. I came through, checked out the first run. Uh, the second run, he actually asked me if I could help with media. And so, you know, I went up there with my camera. Um, got some great footage of all the kids there. Uh, started blasting it out on social media. And then uh, just did another one with them just last weekend. So a lot of these kids, you know, they're, they're the ones that are, you know, the unranked guys, the unknown SoCal under the radar prospects. So... To see them all in the same air, in the same gym, working and you know, uh, trying to stay fit, trying to keep competitive and keeping their skills going, definitely is great to watch. And at the same time, it's organized. It's organized. Like uh, um, these kids have like jerseys on. They're playing. They're playing competitively. It's great to see. Right. So it's not just pickup ball. It's not just just guys coming in and, and getting runs in. But you guys have some actual teams there. Yeah, so, you know, they uh, they actually start out doing drills first. So, you know, like the first, like, 15 to 30 minutes, they're doing drills, and then they're doing scrimmages. Um, there's actually going to be an event uh, in a couple weeks on uh, January 5th and 6th. Um, this event will actually be the Bring Your Game LA bubble. And for this event, all players have to be COVID tested. They'll have to turn in a negative COVID test to even participate, to even get into the event. So, uh, yeah, shout out to Gabe for even putting all that together, man. Like, it's going to be huge. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. I'm planning to get out there and, and, and watch some, some, some games. Um, I want to go back to Slam and Jam a bit before, mm-hmm. before we move on and talk about some of the players that you've seen here at these events. Because yeah. uh, I think it's important to note, that, you know, starting your, leaving a company and then starting your, your own um, your own media outlet is not an easy thing to do. So was it hard to get a following at first? Like, what were some of the challenges you kind of went through in order to build it? Uh, the biggest challenges is, you know, you go from a place with a social media team with interns and people helping you. Uh, you go from having a team of like maybe like four to six people to all of a sudden you're doing every single task yourself. That's tough. So, you know, you're finding events, you're identifying the events, you know, using your network connections. Um, so finding events to go to and then going up there with your own camera, uh, sitting there the whole event, having capturing all the film yourself um, and then going back, editing and doing copy, curating the content yourself. It's a lot of work. Mm hmm. It's a lot of work for one person. So I definitely respect all the other entrepreneurs and all the, all the other media companies that do it on their own. Um, yeah, just I, it really taught me that having a one-man team is definitely tough, especially when you're coming at it from all angles. Because at the event, not only am I doing the video, I'm like taking notes at the same time for my, my own scouting reports to uh, write write-ups on these guys as well. So it's, it's tough, man. So it's one, one man do it all operation right now right because you're also writing for prep hoop so you kind of just kill exactly. two birds with one stone go and evaluate talent but also i got to film this and and take mental yeah. notes as well 
And so, I yeah, mean, that's I a hustle, say, man. I will, I will say that, um, I will say having to do, do this at all angles from both writing and recording, it definitely will give you a better understanding of every player's game. Because not only are you watching it live, when you watch it again the second time on film, it gives you an even better understanding of their strengths and weaknesses. So it definitely does help a lot in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that's also just uh, a testament to, you know, some youngsters who who are hooping right now. Because for all of us know this, and we can we can attest to that more, more than them, is the ball stops bouncing at some point. You get old. <laughs> your body starts to hurt. And so the important thing is build some useful skills and you can still work in the game like you, like you're doing. You're writing, you're recording, you you learned how to how to do video, all right? You you, you sharpened up your writing and and now you got a, a business and you got income. And that's important. I think that's something that should be attractive to a lot of young players. Yeah, you know, um Definitely, there's a lot a lot more to do when the ball drops. Uh, like I told you, I tore my ACL, and that's when I knew my playing days were over. Um, and it just kind of got me thinking, like, what what else can I do? Because I love this, this game so much, but what else can I do to contribute? Um, and, you know, the best way is to give back, help the next generation learn, and help them get into college, help them get to the next level. Yeah, that's that's super awesome, and... Obviously, it's been kind of tough for you, for you because of the pandemic and being located in SoCal. There, there are mm-hmm. hardly any games or, or anything going on. You know, you got some some open runs here and there if you you know the right people. But the, this bring your game LA bubble uh, that you guys just had, you know, talk to me about some of the underrated players who who were there, or even some of the players who were known but but played very well just what did you see at that that these events um yeah in the last couple uh showcases that i've seen uh definitely some good guys there um definitely some there's actually some uh unsigned 2020 guys who are still available so coaches if you guys are listening you guys want to uh might want to take some notes on these um so far, the most imp- one of the most impressive underrated guys I've seen has been uh, Biko Johnson. Um, he yeah, played Nar- at or King Drew last year. or King Drew. That's right, King Drew. Yeah, yeah uh, he's definitely definitely taking his game to another level. He was more of a scoring guard last year, um, mm-hmm. but definitely at these showcases, he's shown that he can be a passing and distributing guard as well. And I think having the ability to do both definitely should make him more attractive to some teams. Um, he's also been able to showcase his athleticism. Uh, he's a great athlete. Yeah. Uh, funny story I, about Biko. Sorry, before you continue, he uh, actually played for me his freshman year. He came and he tried out over for, for West coast elite. And up until that point, he told me that he only been playing basketball for a year. He was a soccer player. And I was like, yo, that makes so much sense. This kid does not run out of gas. He is going hard the whole time. So he's super fast and agile. So you can see that those soccer skills kind of translate to the court. It was just super raw. And so to see him now, or, or how you're explaining him now, I'm not surprised at all because he's a great athlete. He just needed to get the skills down and really learn how to play the game. Mm-hmm. And and I think the knock on him before was uh, was his jumper. And these last few weeks, what they've shown me, that he's, he's actually turned into a dead-eye shooter from the corners. 
His corner is definitely his sweet spot. Uh, had a he could spot up from there. He had a couple moves where he uh, did step backs into the corner three. Definitely looks like that's his new spot now. So what what uh what what kind of what level you think that uh Biko Biko would be good at? Um, I believe he's about to take a year of prep, but I believe that after this, definitely think he'd be a good D two guy. Uh, might even have some low. Uh, low D1 potential. I think uh, it's all about for him. I think he's still a developing player. He's definitely far from a finished product. I think he still has room to grow. Like you said, uh, he started basketball pretty late. So that's why I think these skills are kicking in now and he's t- t- taking, uh, taking advantage of this new role that's put on him, becoming more of a playmaker is definitely helping him out a lot. That's awesome. So who, who else have you seen? Um, this was not at Bring Your Game LA, but I was at a Hoops 2.0 showcase. Um, one of the big guys that really stood out to me was uh, Caleb Smith from Los Osos. Um, I believe he was at Damien and he transferred there. But uh, Caleb is definitely very, very impressive. Uh, I'm surprised he doesn't have more offers. Uh, I don't even. I think he has some interest from uh, Pepperdine right now. But definitely, uh, he's definitely a D1 guy. He's about six seven. Uh, he could bang inside and use his strength. Um, has a couple moves where he goes with a hook or a drop step inside. And what's impressive about him is he shoots the three so fluid as well. His jump is just so fluid from outside, such a soft touch from outside. Um, definitely very impressive is Caleb Smith. Uh, so he's playing on a prodigy right now. Okay. What year is he? Uh, he's, I believe he's 2022. All right, so he's a junior. Yeah, so he... Definitely has some time for some eyes to look on him. Um, and his teammate, RJ Smith from Damien, same team, Prodigy as mm-hmm. well. Definitely another very impressive guy. Uh, he was one of the top players at the Hoops 2.0 showcase. Mm-hmm. I think he put up, uh, I think he put up like 19 and 9 in his four or five games in that showcase. In that showcase league. Uh, yeah, RJ, he could slash, um, he could shoot, great defender, moves Moves really well, knows how to read the ball. Definitely another another D one potential guy over there. Yeah, he had a pretty big role at Damian last year, right? Was, is he a starter or was he? Yeah, he started at Damian last year, uh, next to Malik Thomas and uh, Austin Cook. Mm-hmm. So he was a third option there. And with the uh, with the departure of Austin Cook, I think he's gonna do really well as a number two option with next to Malik. Yeah, Malik's. I don't know. I don't know if Malik plans on returning either. He's at Veritas Prep mm-hmm. right now, so. Um, mm-hmm. RJ might be the guy. Yeah, I mean, even even if Malik takes off, you know, RJ as a number op- one option would be good. Um, and he and he still has help. He has a uh, Chris Nickelberry at point guard, who's another underrated point guard. Um, yeah, I think Chris actually has a has a lot of high academic offers. Uh, I think he has a four right now. So definitely, those high high academic schools need to take a look at him. Right, and that's that's uh, you said Nickelberry. Yeah, Chris Nickelberry. Yeah. He's uh twenty, I believe it's twenty twenty two as well. I could be wrong. Might be twenty twenty one, but yeah, I could take a look at that later. Yeah, yeah, for sure. A- anyone else who you think, uh, like you said, there's some unsigned guys. I know I saw in some yeah. a lot of the guys being filmed that you were putting out and AC were mm-hmm. putting out. Um, I saw a lot of uh, this. I mean, I've never heard of them. Nila Prep. I, I saw them. It seemed like they had some dudes. Oh, Nila Prep. Uh, that's uh, Keon Kindred's program. 
Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. He has some prep guys over there. Uh, uh, he actually has a couple of Fairfax ex Fairfax guys. I really like Justin Gladney. Yeah. Uh, left. He played at Fairfax last year. Uh, he's definitely improved a lot as a combo guard. Uh, definitely taking his playmaking role into his own hands right now and definitely showing that off. Um, he can score at all three levels. Definitely a very, very underrated guy that coaches need to take a look at. Um, I think just that Fairfax's role was a lot different. And now at Nila under Keon, under Coach Keon, um, is able to showcase a lot more of his game. Right. Um, hey, that team is pretty stacked. They also have a uh, Christian Oliver who played at, played at Maranatha, big mm-hmm. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Christian's game uh, a lot. Mm-hmm. They have a uh, they have Justin Hunter who is also at Fairfax. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely a lot of good talent on that team. Yeah, with Gladney, he 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 definitely was someone who who impressed me as a youngster. And yeah, you're right. Just at Fairfax, it was just kind of hard for him to get going. Because he, he really needs the ball in his hands a lot. And when you're playing alongside Keith Dinwiddie, eh, you're not going to have the ball too much. <laughs> I mean, you know, they just, had a, they just had a really deep guard rotation. And, yeah, you know, super deep. Just just one of those situations where, you know, where he just wasn't able to really, like, showcase too much. But at times, at times, because, you know, that team had, uh, you got to think about it, that team had Keith Dinwiddie, they had uh, Barry Wilds, um dj dudley yeah <laughs> um, yeah just that alone like that guard rotation is pretty crazy yeah so it was just a tough situation for for justin but yeah. I, I definitely think he he's a he's a good player to look at because he's a 2020 or is he he's doing prep right yeah he's doing prep right now so you know gives him another year um yeah some other guys i want to shout out or give some love to from uh that played at bring your game la uh Collins, I don't know if I'm saying his last name right, Achimpong. He played at Fairmont Prep. He's a 2023 kid. Uh, big body, rebounds everything around the rim. Very athletic. He could rim run, throws down almost everything around the rim as well. Um, yeah, some there's some video on him on uh, The Slam and Jam. So if you viewers want to uh, check it out, at The Slam and Jam on Twitter and Instagram, definitely some good clips of him on there too. That's good. Um, and I, I'm really excited to go check out one of the the Bring Your Game LA events. It, it sounds like you guys are doing some some really cool stuff there. Um, so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, excited for that. We'll, we'll we'll switch gears a little bit here. Let's talk about some some national recruiting and uh, a little bit more of the big time guys. I know you can talk about them too. One 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 guy I saw committed recently that we both saw him at Pangos was Amino Muhammad, five star. Mm-hmm. Um, he's out of Missouri, and he commits to Georgetown. This is the highest recruit for Georgetown since Isaac Copeland back in 2014. He's playing in Greece right now. And Georgetown's 2021 20, class is now ranked sixth in the country, according to 24-7 Sports. Yeah. So Patrick Ewing is loading up over there at Georgetown. And, you know, Georgetown hasn't really been a dominant program since, you know, what, early 2000s, the 90s, like mm-hmm. – you know that that's when they were, you know, the program to to be at. But um, do you think Pat Patrick Ewing here? He he's got the the Hoyas leading in the going in the right direction here. Yeah, um, man, that that class is pretty strong. Uh, you know, Muhammad joins uh, Ryan Matumbo, Jordan Lee, Tyler Beard, Jalen Billingsley. That's that's a pretty deep class, five man recruiting class for twenty twenty one. 
And um, Mohamed, he's a great player, prolific scorer. Uh, he's great defender. He's one of those guys that could turn his defense into offense. We saw a couple. Yeah, absolutely. He's Mr. Dunks from him at Pangos All-American Camp. Plays the passing lanes well. I think he's probably the perfect player to be in uh, Pat Ewing's system. Um, he's one of those selfless guys who mm -hmm. puts defense first and his team first. And you know, it's great to see that coming from him. Yeah, that was it was something cool to see. He he was on that team, I believe. They had like I think he was on the team with Scotty Barnes, um, Issa Silva, TJ Wainwright. I think he was on that team and they that team didn't lose a game, all of Pangos. And Aminu was like super impressive. I didn't even know he was a five star guy because of exactly what you said. He was playing defense. He, mm -hmm. he he was actually out there playing D yeah, and, and getting easy layups. Defense, not just not just worried about his uh, offensive highlights. Right. So I thought like, oh, this guy's like a, a a three star guy who's just trying to make his name today. I'm like, oh no, he's he's one of the top guards in his class. So super impressed with with him, and I, I'm excited to see him at Georgetown, especially because you know they've been down. They you know, that, that guard spot is, is kind of open, kind of vacant, yeah, vacant no, actually, because Mac McClung left. Yeah, with Mac McClung leaving, uh, James Akinjo at uh, Arizona now. Yeah. Um, Terrence Williams, I believe, uh, he defected. And so, you know, there's definitely some opportunities for uh, Mino to step in and make a big contribution right away. So we'll keep our eye out on on the Hoyas in a couple years in in the Big East, trying trying to make a comeback. I, I like what what Pat Ewing is doing uh, down there, and even getting a uh, Matumbo's son. Um, that that's a pretty cool thing too. An, another guy I saw on on uh, um, on social media who's a West Coast guy, and he, he it's kind of a, a household name. A lot of people you know saw his dad play. His dad played at Long Beach State. Was a high recruit as well. Is a uh, Ramel Lloyd Jr. He named his top eight. Um, I'll read them off right here to um, Oregon, Arkansas, Illinois, mm -hmm. Baylor, Rutgers, Washington, Arizona, and Nebraska. So uh, Ramel Lloyd, you know, he, he's four-star, kind of flirting with that, that fifth-star um, mm -hmm. dynamic guard with great size and – you know, he, he's got some some really heavy hitters here in this top eight. Where where do you think he, he'll fit in best? Uh, I think Washington would probably give him the most playing time right off the bat. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think he would definitely step in there and improve the rotation right away and would have a chance to fight for a starting spot. Uh, I'd like Oregon for him as well. Um, but, like, I'm most excited to see him at Sierra Canyon if we have a season. Yeah, that, that's that's, that's definitely true. Him. I saw that too. He he's going to Sierra Canyon, which is where it's funny because that's where his dad was coaching uh, mm -hmm. all of all of uh, Romel's middle school years. Rock was coaching at Sierra Canyon, so I was like, oh, you mm -hmm. know, he's gonna go to Sierra Canyon, and uh, that will be it. And then he enrolls, and then doesn't end up going there. I think he went to Calabasas for a year, and so. Mm -hmm. And now he's back at Sierra Canyon and joining that, you know, you know, that stacked team down there uh, with yeah. Amari Bailey, got Bronny. Now they got a pretty dynamic uh, guard rotation. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, with the, uh, with Zaire and uh, Brandon Boston gone, I think uh, there's some oppor opportunities for him to come in and start contr contributing right away. Um, 
I think he'll be the next guy next to Amari Bailey to mm-hmm. be relied on for his scoring. Uh, I could definitely see a rotation of uh, Amari Bailey, Ramel Lloyd, Shy Odom, Harold Yu, and Bronny or yeah. whoever else they decide to use. Definitely, definitely a good rotation there. I think I think it's a good situation for him. Yeah, they can mix it up now. They they can they can go a little smaller and and go with Bronny and Bailey and 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 Ramel and then Shy and and Big Harold or or even throw another guard in there. Um, or you yeah. can go bigger, but I think that also one. I think it takes a little bit more off of Bronny, uh, which mm-hmm. we're all kind of. He's got all the the eyes on him, right? He's got all the media yeah. attention. I'm not a fan of it. I just think he should be allowed to grow and at his own pace. And but you know, when you're LeBron James' son, that 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 comes with it. So Ramel coming, I think, just gives him more weapons. I think Bronny could kind of showcase. You know, if he's running the point. He can kind of showcase mm-hmm. getting it to his guys and and really being that team guy, which is what he was last year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think having Ramel there does nothing but help Bronny and help him evolve his game as well. Because um, you know, when you're the son of a basketball prodigy legend like LeBron James, expectations are just so high, and I think at times it's unfair how people will put his mistakes under a microscope and yet when he does do something good they just pass it along as oh he should be doing that yeah so you know having a guy next to him that could be a playmaker that can score as well definitely will help help do nothing but help his game and sierra canyon they're gonna play um on the ninth they're gonna play against uh yipsy prep they're gonna play monty bates's his team in in texas i think that's the that Danny Green showcase or, or something like that. And that was confirmed. I actually just saw Ronnie Flores tweet about that. Um, that'll be mm-hmm. a pretty fun one to watch. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, it's definitely going to be an interesting game. See who, who guards Imani Bates, someone, someone who some people are say are ready for the NBA, uh, a scoring talent like that at six, nine, almost yeah. Kevin Durant. Like yeah. it's going to be, it's going to be tough to guard. I remember, uh, my first time watching Imani Bates was actually in Michigan when he was a freshman. Um, I was working for Baller TV at the time. I was out there to watch one of his games. And as a freshman, to see that kind of footwork, that kind of shooting touch, and that kind of scoring prowess, was I just knew right away that that's a future NBA talent. Yeah. Do you think the hype is warranted? Like, calling him the next yeah. Kevin Durant? Like, you know what kind of weight that, that bears? You know, like, Kevin Durant is is Kevin Durant. So is the hype mm-hmm. warranted or is it a little much? I th- the hype is real and, and uh, I'm, I'm buying. I'm yeah. Buying. Uh, yeah. David Vong, he's buying you, Imani Bates here. <laughs> I love buying. it. <laughs> yeah. Buying stock, buying stock in Imani Bates. Well, just when you see his games, it's just so smooth. It's just so advanced for someone his age. Um, sometimes you could just look at a guy and know like this guy has it. And he, Imani definitely has it. Yeah, it's funny because, uh, you know, you see him, and I don't like when every long, skinny guy gets compared to KD, but, um, mm-hmm. man, I remember seeing KD his rookie year. I saw him play against the Kings. I went up to Sacramento, and he dropped 35 on, on the Kings as a rookie. And then uh, at the time, my dad's uh, my dad's one of his ex-players was coaching for the Kings, and so I got to go down to the to the tunnel after, 
and seeing mm-hmm. 6'11 KD or 6'10 <laughs> like standing there, but that dude was so thin. It, it was insane, like straight up like Slenderman vibes. Um, but yeah, you, you get the same the same kind of thing seeing Imani play. Um, and I, I, I wish nothing but the best for him. And I'll be watching on, on the ninth to see them go up against Sierra Canyon. Yeah, definitely excited to see that. That's, that's definitely, I mean, that event all around is going to be a stacked event. Definitely be a lot of future pros playing, playing there. Yeah. Um, no, let, let's switch gears once again here. Mm-hmm. You're, 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 you're a fashion guy. You're in the culture. You, you even mm-hmm. work in fashion and, and curry brand, curry brand, excuse me, yeah. launched not too long ago. So they're like the Jordan yeah. brand of Under Armour, highlighting Steph Curry. Do, do you think that them launching this, you know, helps Under Armour kind of break into the culture? Because let's be honest, Under Armour, unless you're, you know, actually playing on the circuit and you're getting mm-hmm. that stuff kids aren't really going out and buying a bunch of Under Armour stuff. So I don't know. What do you think of this? Does this help? Does this help UA break into the culture a bit? Uh, I think it helps a little bit. Um, Steph Curry, I mean, we could recognize Steph Curry as one of the guys who's revolutionized basketball in general. Yeah. Um, You would say like 10 years ago, guys weren't just running up the court and and swishing threes the way he has, the no. way he does, and you're get get it into the post, get it to the big man, <laughs> work inside exactly. out. He changed that. <laughs> He's revolutionized the game so much. Um, I mean, it's it's a good gamble for Under Armour to you know gamble on this and make it happen. Uh, definitely, they're gonna need more ambassadors and more more um, more guys in the culture under the brand. Mm-hmm. Um, so as they do that, I think it'll grow right now. I think it's still in its early stages, um, like similar to if they go the route that Puma is going in, I think it would definitely help push the culture a lot. You see Puma stocking up on the younger guys right. like Gen Z relates to. So you see them getting guys like LaMelo Ball, like DeAndre Ayton, Marvin Bagley. Like they're getting like the recent cluster of guys. And I think uh, – if Under Armour slash Curry brand goes that route and starts bringing in like these influential, influencer, influential mm-hmm. type of players, then I definitely could see things going in their favor. Yeah, that'd be pretty smart. And I think it's funny that that Puma got uh, Lamelo because he's over in Charlotte playing for Michael Jordan. I, I don't mm-hmm. think he, I, I don't think he's with uh, with Puma for for very long. I think Jordan comes <laughs> over is like, hey man. Enough playing around. I mean, Come over yeah, to this side. I think, I, think I think it'll be tough when you're playing for Mike and, you know, your jersey says Jordan Brand. You're looking at your shoes. It says Puma. Um, it's, hey, it's, it's hard to turn down that jet that supposedly he got in the deal. So, that yeah, that, that's that, that could be the deal breaker right there and be like, yo, Mike, you're going to get me a jet? And he'll probably be yeah. like, wait till you get NBA first team. Maybe I'll think about yeah, it. Yeah, you know, someone... <laughs> Someone like Lamelo, who who has influenced uh, Gen Z and this next generation, similar to how Curry influenced the game on the court, Lamelo has done both on the court at the high school level and off the court. Um, I think we could all remember that time where Lamelo dribbled up past half court and just chucked like a like, right. like a forty shot and swished it. Yeah, I think that's one of the moments that anyone will recognize. Uh, any people will just forever 
be fans of the Ball family. Be I mean, you'll have both, like people that hate on the Ball family and people that love him. But, you know, people always, he'll always be a trending topic no matter what he does. And at the end of the day, that's just what sells. Yeah, and it's like, you, you can't, you can't, I, I mean... I don't think the hate is, is, is warranted. You got three brothers who played for their local high school, and mm-hmm. they didn't just move into the area and start playing, put on a Chino Hills jersey. They grew up there, and everyone on yeah. that team grew up in the area. They might have had, like, a couple transfers here and there, but and like Eli Scott was one, but no one else in the rotation was a transfer on that team. They all grew up there, so it's like, yeah, you can't really hate undefeated. on them. They beat Montverde, like coached by stuff. That uh, Steve Bate team was one of the best teams in high school basketball history. Um, you look at some of those guys on that roster, and you know a lot of those guys are in good places now. You see uh, Andre Ball; he's a, uh, believe he's over at Pepperdine. Yeah, Pepperdine. Ridge, yeah. yeah, Pepperdine. Um, you have Cam Shelton, who's balling out at Northern Arizona. I think he's averaging 20 a game for them right now. So that was a deep team, and that was a really good team. And, you know, to have a team of local guys at a public school, that's that's pretty crazy and unheard of in today's day and age. Yeah, do, do you think uh, Eli Scott, Eli Scott, you think he makes the league? I would love for Eli Scott to make it to the league. Um, he's doing his thing at LMU. I think he's averaging something like 14-9. and nine. Um, you know, in the right system. I mean, that's what it is nowadays. In the right system, uh, a team that needs a hustle guy that brings energy off the bench, and he has a decent chance to crack a rotation. I'm, I'm hoping Leangelo gets another shot. I know he was waived by the Pistons uh, last week. Hopefully, he gets another shot at it. Yeah, it's tough, and I, I think he needs just a little more game. More, more, a little mm-hmm. more game time. Hopefully, he could get on another. I don't know if a G League team picked him up or something, but um, I mean, even if he just stays in the G League, like, and is able to just develop, and uh, like you said, it, it's all about fit. It's all about system, and I think Leangelo has one thing, you know, in his his shooting that's just, you know, mm-hmm. you, you can't really ignore that. Um, I think just the yeah. other aspects of the game for him uh, just got to still develop. Yeah, I mean, he. it looks like he's lost a lot of weight. He looks a lot more fluid now, looks a lot more mobile. I think it's definitely put, getting his body right has definitely helped him out. I think uh, I think the ankle injuries definitely had a huge part in uh, limiting him the last year. But it definitely looks good now. I think, uh, yeah, shooting's a premium in the NBA. You have to shoot to be able to play in the NBA, and that's one thing he could definitely do. Right, and perfect segue into... The NBA season starting tonight. I don't, I don't touch. I don't. I don't talk too much NBA um, or or pro hoops. But hey, NBA season is starting today. All right, and it's basketball, and, and we love it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know you're a fan of that other LA team. Um, <laughs> but uh, but but man, what I mean, what what are your thoughts on on the Clips this year, man? And and what what they're what do they got in store for this year? Um, at first, you know. Uh... When you hear of the hear of the off season, you know last year was definitely definitely ended very disappointingly. Like that collapse in the bubble definitely hurt a lot. But I'm looking forward to this year's team. Uh, even though we lost Trez, I think Ibaka is better for the system. You know Clippers definitely needed a, a stretch big man down down that could uh, that could guard Jokic, that could guard opposing bigs, and 
just having a Baca there, being able to stretch the floor, it's definitely going to help the Clippers bring in a lot of variations to their lineups. So, you know, uh, you could run with Ibaka, Morris, Kawhi, Paul George, and uh, Pat Beverly, or even Lou Will, or even Luke Kennard down there. And that's there's a lot of combinations you could run uh, with that team. They could play five out, they could play four out, and put in Zubac. Just uh, just the uh, variations that Ty Lu will be able to use definitely definitely going to be pretty exciting, and they definitely will be able to match up with almost every NBA team they play. And, you know, all those guys, they could switch off and switch and still be able to D up whoever they guard. I think having that versatility is going to be huge for them. Yeah, and in all fairness, I, I don't think I don't think you guys lose that series to Denver up 3-1 if you're actually playing in in mm-hmm. in a regular setting and, you know, your home games and your away games. I think that bubble setting uh, definitely hurt uh, definitely hurt you guys in that. Um, I don't think I, I think some like Paul George, for example, I think he just struggled uh, getting mm-hmm. getting his mind right in, in a sense. Yeah. Like like there were talks in the early the earlier um, series. Uh, who'd you guys play in the first round of oh, the Mavericks? Uh, uh-huh. That you know he he said he he was you know d- depressed and anxious and stuff. And so uh, I think it was just hard for him to get his mind right. And so for people to uh, bring all that hate on him afterwards. I'm like, yo, it, it's not easy to go and live in isolation, you know, mm-hmm. for for three months. Like, that's yeah. not an easy thing to do. A lot of people, the general public, will equate money to happiness, and they think, oh, just because they're playing basketball and they're making millions of dollars, like they'll be fine. But these are everyday people. Imagine if, imagine, imagine if your job told you to pack up. Go go like 600, 900 miles away or whatever and stay isolated and not be able to interact with them. And all you had was this little area that you're stuck in. You can't go outside. You can't you can't interact with the general public. You can't see your friends and family. All you're seeing are, is your coworkers. Like I imagine that's going <laughs> to break a lot of people down. Yeah, absolutely. Um, David, you know, thank you so much for coming on. Um, it was great, great talking with you. Um, why don't you let my listeners know where they could where they could find you on social and where they could find uh, Slam and Jam as well? Yeah, um, on Twitter, you guys could follow me. Uh, you know what? <laughs> let me take a look at it. <laughs> my name is my name has changed before, so I just want to make sure. Uh, on Twitter, it's uh, my initials DV three, and then uh, two underscore lines under after. Um, and then on Instagram, it's just the same thing. My name, actually, no, it's not the same thing. It's my name, David Vong underscore. Um, and then the Slam and Jam, you can, it's the same on Instagram and Twitter, the Slam and Jam. And that's where you can find me on social media. Yeah, for sure. You guys go follow Slam and Jam, uh, follow David. Also, go subscribe to to the Slam and Jab YouTube page as well. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Forgot about that. Yeah, definitely subscribe to uh, the YouTube page. Um, Definitely, definitely gonna put some more content on there. I know things slowed down uh, with the pandemic and everything, but as as hoop start starts kicking up again, uh, definitely gonna be content on the YouTube as well. Can't wait for that to happen, David. Thank you, thank you once again for coming on, buddy. Hey, Bryce, thanks for having me. It's been a blast. Can't wait to see the future episodes and what else you have in store on your podcast. Thank you for tuning in to episode eight of Believe in High School Basketball. 
If you like the show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to be notified every Thursday when an episode drops. Leave a review as well. I love feedback, and I want to know what you guys think of the show. You can also get updates on what's next for my show by following me on social at Bryce Broadcasts on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure to give David and his Slam and Jam account a follow as well. Merry Christmas, everyone. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.